Psalms number 6, beginning at verse 1, we read, O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed, but thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave who shall give thee thanks? I am am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. For the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed. I'll bet I'm not the only one who feels pretty weak in this flesh many, many, many a time. It's interesting. We just read, we just sang in this song. First off, let me read the writer of the song, the hymn book here. Those who put it together, they put this this verse in front of the song. It says, "Lead me to the rock that is higher than I." That's Psalm 61, verse two. In the calm of the noontide, in sorrows, lone hour, in times when temptations cast over me its power. Do you ever have times like that? Lord, lead me. Lord, lead us to our rock, the Lord Jesus. How often we've been out in this world going about our ways. We've seen the bumper stickers, haven't we? Jesus loves you. I uh, I remember the first time Bill and I were in Sturgis. And we were walking along and Sturgis, South Dakota, when the bikers gang up, I, I can only express it this way without being rude and vulgar. It's of the world. I think you understand what I mean by that. And it's out in plain sight for everybody to see, walking down the street. And as we were walking through the street, observing and, and, and admiring the motorcycles, believe it or not, that's true. I mean it. <laughs> there, there's also a variety of motorcycles that people you know, do custom things to. And it was quite interesting in there, too. But uh, we come to a corner, and here on the corner is, I don't know who they were, but you've seen it. You've seen it. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. If you'll just let him into your heart. And I so badly, I had just, I was new. I was new to the Lord. I was a babe in Christ, very much a babe. It was the first summer that the Lord had called me out of darkness. So I was I didn't have enough, I, I mean, I would today. I mean, I think I, I, think I would today. I, I'd have enough gumption to go up to him and say, how do you know? Like, what makes you think you know that God loves me? You know? You, you, how can you tell? How do you know that God loves me? 
I mean, I know he loves somebody. He says so in the scriptures. He says, for God to love the world. And this will be the, the, this is the famous verse that they all want to jump to because they want to use that word, for God so loved the world. And, and they'll take that the world and decipher it as meaning everything that's created and completely ignore where the Lord says in Malachi chapter 1, Jacob have I hated, Esau have I loved. They, keep, they just want to completely ignore that. But do we not also ask ourselves that question at times? Do we not struggle with the weakness of the flesh and wonder to ourselves, how can God love a person like me? How can God love me with the, the very one who had a thought go through my mind a moment ago that, that dethroned him, that took him off of his throne? They rebelled against the sovereign, mighty God who is. Could God really love a person like me? His word says so. There's one sin, one sin that is unforgivable mentioned in scriptures. The unforgivable sin. It's to not believe God. To go through that door, mark death, in unbelief. It's to call the Holy Spirit a liar. The day you go through that door marked death. You go through that door marked death. And you don't believe God according to His Word. You cannot be forgiven. Everything else falls under the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Can God love me? I want to answer this question this morning through Scripture. And if the Lord is pleased, I pray that He will answer it for you as well. Would you turn to the 45th chapter of Isaiah? Isaiah 45. In Luke chapter 10, we read these words. <clears throat> now remember, the question is, does God love me? Can I know that God loves me? All things are delivered to me, saith the Lord, in Luke chapter 10, verse 22, of my Father. And no man knoweth who the Son is. No man knoweth who the Son is but the Father. And who the Father is but the Son. And he to whom the Son will reveal him. That's pretty simple, isn't it? You can study God's Word all you want. There are men who know this Bible, and I've said this before, it bears repeating, there are men who know this Bible so much more than I that they probably can remember almost every word of the whole thing. And yet they do not know God. We see in this very word that I just read to you from Luke that the true Son of the living God must be revealed. Natural man cannot perceive the true Christ. Our Lord walked this earth in broad daylight claiming Himself to be one with the Father and He proved it over and over and over again by all the wondrous works that He did, yet most turned to Him and said, How long will you make us to doubt? And He says back to them, You believe not because you are not My sheep. Does God love me? Does God love me? 
Is it not true that the Scriptures tell us in Matthew chapter 16, 17, and Jesus answered and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, when the Lord had asked his disciples, Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, Why thou hast the Son of the living God. And he said, Blessed art thou. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. Even Christ Himself, who was standing right there speaking to Peter, declared that for him to know who that was standing before him, God had to reveal it to him. Scriptures also tell us over in Romans 8, verse 7, Because the carnal mind is empty against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. So we see that this dead and trespasses and sin, the statement is, that is in our natural state for one to know the true and living God, we must first be given life. Life to know. Life must be given to that individual. Does God love those whom will die in their sins and go into eternal, eternal damnation? The world would like you to think they do. That's the bumper sticker on the back. God loves you. That's those who stood on the corner there at the biker show. God loves you. Does God love those who will die in their sins and go to eternal damnation? Not the true and living God. Not the God of this book. Not the God of all power in heaven and earth. If you had all power in heaven and earth, would anything come to harm your loved ones? Think about that. How many of us have little ones? Don Fortner once shared with us about his granddaughter. No, I think it was his daughter. Faith, that's his daughter, isn't it? Yeah, when she was little. And how she would run down the driveway. Whoa, hey, hold up. Don't, don't go out there. That's, that's dangerous. There's cars out there. You can get run over. Remember when your little ones were little? Would you do anything for them? What do you think makes God any different than that? Here's the difference. He does have all power. And because He has all power, if He loves you, you're not going into damnation. You're not going to go and receive what you deserve. You're not going to hell. If He loves you, you're going to be with Him in eternity. Why? Because His Son has gone into damnation. His Son has gone to hell. His Son has paid the price that you deserve. I never get tired of hearing that. I hope you don't either. Does God love you? Oh, I'll tell you what. The revelation of who Jesus Christ is a pretty good mark of God loving us because He doesn't reveal who He is to those He doesn't love. We read these verses in Friday night study. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass, and as I have purposed, so shall it stand. That's Isaiah 14.24. In verse 27 it also says, For the Lord of hosts hath purpose, and who shall disannul it? And his hand is stretched out, and who shall turn it back? Consider these words with me, if you would, in Isaiah chapter 45. Look at verses 5. I am the Lord. There is none else. Folks, that's the description of God from the beginning of the Bible all the way through to the end. I am the Lord, and there is none else. 
In the beginning, God created. There is no God besides me. I girded thee. I clothed thee. Though thou hast not known me. That they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Do you need any help understanding what God just told you in His Word? Is there something about this that we just read that you can't understand? I don't think so. I think that's about as plain as it can be, isn't it? Do you mean God creates darkness? That's what it says. Do you mean God creates evil? That's what it says. He says, I am the Lord and there is none else. Now I want to consider three points and we won't be long with these. Three points that can only be revealed to the heart by God. And He only reveals these truths to those whom He loves. The life He lived. Point number one. The life He gave. Point number two. And the life He gives. Point number three. Our first point here is plainly put in the book of Acts. Turn over to Acts chapter 10, if you would, please. Acts chapter 10. The life He lived. In Acts chapter 10, we begin reading at verse 36. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. That means preaching peace through Him, through Christ. He is the Lord of all, as it says in parentheses next, verse 37. That word, that word that we preach, that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, and your peace is through Him, I say ye know which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he doth in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, who they slew and hanged on a tree. Whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him, this very one, that all of those that he went through in doing those wonderful things, all power went about healing, healing those who were repressed with devils. They hung him on a tree. Him, God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. So he did not reveal himself to everybody. Why? Why? Because God doesn't love everybody. I mean, I want to—I just want to go out on my own limb here for just a minute. We're all about preaching God's sovereignty and who He is gracious to. Isn't that what? Isn't that what the Scriptures is all about? Those that God is gracious to. We are saved by grace. Is that, isn't that what the Scripture tells us? We're saved by grace through belief, through believing in who He is. 
To say, and we, we looked a little bit at this in the Bible study, to say that God died for everybody and then some are going to go to hell because they wouldn't let him love them is to say God's grace is inefficient, isn't it? Isn't that, is, am, am I wrong in that? Isn't that what it says? Isn't that what that means? It means that his grace doesn't mean anything. But to say that God revealed himself to some is to portray grace. Is that not correct? We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all deserve the wrath of God. Is that not true? So for God to reveal himself to who he is, the question we're asking ourselves is, does God love me? He's revealed himself to me in his word. Has he revealed himself to you? We've got very few people here this morning. We have very few people here every Sunday morning. There's people who are flocking to churches all over the place to hear the bands, to see the smoke going across. Thinking, ooh, look at that. And the music. To hear about what you can do to save yourself from yourself. If you'll just make a decision and let God love you, if you'll just make Him the Lord of your heart, I'm going to tell you something. We just read here a moment ago, God's the Lord of everything, including evil, including your wickedness. He's still the Lord over you. And it's by His grace that He chooses any of us. You just can't get any more plainer than that. We're saved by grace. By His grace. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God. The life of God in the flesh was not what natural man would think. In fact, it was just the opposite. God in the flesh, the God-man, came as a servant, didn't he? Isn't that what we read over Philippians 2? verse? Let me read it for you. Who being in the form of God, Speaking of Christ Jesus the Lord, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Why did he think it was not robbery to be equal with God? Because he's God in the flesh. This is the God we serve of Scripture, the very one who we read about a moment ago who creates good and creates evil. The very one who creates darkness and light. But he made of himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant when you think of a majestic God, one who created everything, who, who just thought, who purposed it and it was there, you would think he would come in white robes. He will someday, but he didn't the first time. Why? Because he had to come as a man, as a servant. A servant to God the Father. He came in the body that was prepared for him by God the Father to serve God the Father in laying down his life for his people. And he was made in the likeness of men and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Our Lord tells us plainly that he came to do the Father's will, and that will, that purpose, that desire was to save his people. All of them. Not some. Not part. But all. Does God love me? Is Christ opening up your eyes to who He is this moment?
Well, John, I've known who Christ is for a long time. Why do I need to have my eyes open again right now? Because, folks, if God has opened himself to you, you see what you are this very moment. You see what this flesh is that stands before God, unworthy as a worm. We see ourselves crying in the side of the against the wall, Lord, have mercy on me again. Lord, have mercy on me again. Lord, have mercy on me again. You see, folks, this is the Father's will which has sent me, saith the Lord in John 6.39, that of all which he had given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it again at the last day. We're talking about our holy Creator. We're talking about Him as He walks this earth, walking in perfection. In the perfection that He is, holy, righteous, fulfilling every aspect, every jot of the holy law, perfectly. And this He did for those for whom He loves. Christ came to save sinners. I'm a sinner, yes, but I'm His sinner. I'm saved by Him. If there's any salvation for me, it's a salvation that He performed and He performed alone. He's not waiting for me to make a decision because I would make the wrong decision. And I know I would. I belong to Him. His chosen people always have been His. We just didn't know it until He reveals Himself to us. He has a people that are spread throughout all the time, throughout all the world, and God the Spirit is going about calling them unto Himself. Through what? Through the preaching of the Word. My theology is boring to the world. That's why this church is not filled. The truth of God's Word is boring. It's the same old story. The same story that's been told since the day Adam fell. That we need a Savior to to wash us in His blood, in His righteousness, because we have no righteousness of our own. And that's the revealing of Christ to those that He loves. Does God love me? I'm thinking so. I'm thinking so. I know something now I didn't know before. What is that, John? I know that all things. Do you know? Do you know that all things are for your good? We're about to celebrate the the killing of thousands tomorrow. Not celebrate. That's not the right word. To remember. We're going to remember thousands of people were killed as some fools flew planes into a building and killed all these innocents. Was that for the good of God's people? Yes. How? Because I know God's Word tells me that's how. Folks, I don't understand a lot of stuff. I don't understand. I, I'm not a theologian. I, I've never read through the Bible from cover to cover. It's been pointed out to me that how can I preach because I've never read the whole Bible. It was pointed out to me by somebody who's read through it five times 
and still doesn't believe some of the things of the Bible. I don't know much of anything. But I know this. This book, this book speaks of God. It speaks of the one who rules everything. And if he rules everything and he loves a people, then everything is for our good. I know that because of him. Because of his revelation. Does God love me? I'm thinking so. Does he love you? Are you thinking so? <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Because he doesn't have to. He didn't reveal it to all those poor folks that, that walked the earth that time. Only to a few. Only to a few. We're talking about the Holy Creator walking this earth, walking in perfection and His holy righteousness. I belong to Him. Now I want to consider next the life that he gave. Turn over to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. The life he gave. And while you're turning to 1 Peter chapter 1, let me read these words. And he began to teach them, speaking of the words of Mark chapter 8 verse 31. And he began to teach them, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders. Does God love me? Does He reveal to me why He must? He must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed after three days rise again. The death and resurrection of our God, great God was a necessary thing. God cannot look upon sin if it were not for the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, God could not look upon you and I. We have sinned from the top of our head filled to the bottom of our feet right now. We battle the sinfulness of the flesh, but our spirit knows that we're washed and clean in Him. There are those who want to preach that Jesus Christ loves everybody and then they'll preach this also along with that. They'll say, you're a better person now. Now that you've accepted Christ and you've allowed Him to come into your heart, you're a better person now. Oh, by the way, you got to prove that. What? You still smoke? What, what, you still drink? What? Did I just hear... A cuss word come out of your mouth? What you you hate your neighbor because their dog poops on your yard? What what no no you can't do any of that anymore. That no 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 that that means you're not saved. You gotta go get resaved again. In our natural minds, folks, we belittle God down to be like us. We think of God to be like us. We think what we think is wrong should be wrong in God's eyes too. I said this on Friday night too, and I'm going to say it again for those of you who couldn't be here. God does not do what's right. <gasps> what did I just say? God does not do what's right. What God does is right. Quit judging Him on what you think is right. Because what you think is right is always wrong. 
we didn't know any of that until God showed us through the preaching of His Word just how right He is. The death and resurrection of our great God was necessary because He cannot look upon sin. Holiness and sin, grace and works, the Bible is clear that these things cannot mix. Darkness cannot mix with light. Where one is, the other cannot be. The sheep of God have all gone astray in our own way and followed the same path to destruction as all mankind have. Yet God was manifest in the flesh to save His sheep. As He accomplished this salvation by the shedding of His own blood in their stead, He set Himself to be our spotless sacrifice, the spotless Lamb of God, our scapegoat, our Redeemer, and when He went to that cross and died, all of His elect died in Him. How do I know that? Because His Word says so. The perfect, holy, righteous blood of Christ cleanseth His people from all sin. Look with me if you would. Verses 18 of 1 Peter chapter 1. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. Now, you know what that means? That means you weren't redeemed by your free will. That means that you weren't redeemed by the decision you made to come forward and pray a certain prayer. You were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received from by detritions of your fathers but with the precious blood of Christ. Is the, is the blood of Christ precious to you? Does God love me? Well, I can tell you this. If it's not His blood, it's not for me, then I'm going to hell. But if it is for me, I'm saved from what I deserve. Does God love me if His precious blood is for me? Absolutely He loves me. Precious blood of Christ is the Lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by Him do believe in God that raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory, that your faith and your hope might be of God, might be in God. The life He gave was to die in our stead, to receive our damnation, to redeem us unto the Father, unto His perfect and His perfect sacrifice, accomplishing that very thing. Now turn, if you will, to the tenth chapter of John, and let's consider my last point: the life that He gives. John chapter ten. Allow me once again to read a few verses while you're turning there. Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet, fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Folks, we are the children of light. The love of God dwells in our hearts. Ephesians 5 verse 8 says, For ye are sometimes, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the world, walk as children of light. 1 John 4 9, in this was manifest the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through 
Him. Does God love you? Has He manifest Himself to your heart? Has He revealed the truths of His Word to your spirit? Listen to these words. John 3, verse 16 through 21. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting God life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Folks, this is talking about those who believe the word of truth. To believe is the work of God. It's not to believe what man thinks but to believe what God says. The Word of God says in Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works. This man should boast. Are you with me in John chapter 10? Look at verse 15. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Our question to ourselves this morning is, does God love me? Is God revealing who His Son is, what His Son has done, and where He is right this moment to you? As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Verse 19, There there was a division, therefore, again among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil, and he is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, There are not the words of him that hath the devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple of Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews around about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Now listen to the Lord's answer. He answered them in verse 25, I told you, and ye believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Now folks, I'm not telling you that believing the Lord Jesus is what saved you. It's believing what He did that saves you. He's the one who has saved us. His work on that cross saved all of His people, but we must believe. He says, I... I have told you, ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, verse 26, but ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Does God love me? If He loves me, I'll continue to follow Him. How many have we seen come to this little body here in the rescue in the woods and leave and never go to another church since? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man 
plucked them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them from my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Does God love you? If God has given you the gift of faith, the gift to believe, the revelation of who Jesus Christ is, has He given you the revelation that God Almighty manifested Himself in the flesh? Has He given you the revelation that what Jesus Christ did on the cross that day over 2,000 years ago is all that is needed? When He said it is finished, is it finished for you? Has He given you the revelation where our Lord is right this moment? Folks, He's God. Death couldn't hold Him. He rose again on the third day exactly according to the purpose of God the Father. And every child that belongs to the Father has been saved through His Son, the Lord Jesus. No ifs, no ands. Our Lord reveals His truths to those whom He loves. Listen to these words of truth in Luke 9.45 But they understood not this saying because it was hid from them that perceived it not. Who hid it? Who maketh us to differ? God Almighty. Luke 18 verse 34 And they understood none of these things and this saying was hid from them neither knew they the things which were spoken. Colossians 1.26 Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations but now is being manifest to His saints. To what? To His saints. This is all the grace of God, folks. Does God love you? Well, if you understand that you belong in that crowd, or not belong, I'm sorry, but that you have done the same things that that crowd who's going to go through that door marked death into damnation, if you understand that, it's because God has shown you and revealed in your heart what you are. He's revealed to, to you that the only way out of it is through His Son, the Lord Jesus. What He has done on the cross. Grace. Luke 10, 21, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and He said these very words, I thank Thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed. He didn't just hide, he revealed. In his grace, he revealed who he is, what he's done, and where he is right now. Let me ask you this quick question Does the word of truth offend you? It offends the world. I can tell you right now to say that God loved Jacob and hated Esau, the world hates with a passion. The religious world hates it with a passion. Our Lord tells us about the depravity of man in Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3, and I'll leave that for you to read of your own time. He tells us in Romans 9 11 of our unconditional election. He tells us of how his atonement is for a people. His irresistible grace offends the natural man as we read in Galatians chapter 1, verse 15. And the perseverance of the saints offends natural man as we read in 1 Peter 1, verse 5. We are kept by the power of God. No! You have to change. 
You have to be a different person now. I guarantee you, if God moves into your heart, you will be a different person. You'll sing the new song that we talked about in Bible study, huh? The song of He is God. And there is none other but God. Amen. The word of truth, folks, does this. It magnifies God's grace to you and I. That's why grace is so precious to you to us. We know that if God was not gracious to a people, we'd receive our just reward, don't we? The word of truth magnifies God's grace in saving a people unto himself. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works. Thus men should boast. Grace, grace, grace. God's grace. It's not just able. It will. It will wash His children white as snow.